Hold on. Hey, hey, we're live. Yay. Hey, honeys. <laughs> yeah, we got this going. Hey, honeys and hunks. So doing it live again, trying it out. Um, I'm digging the live recordings right now. It, I think it adds a little bit more fun with it all. Um, Shay, has your internet been fixed? Are we all good on that? Considering there's bad weather, you messing everything up. The weather is literally like we might have a rolling blackout. So if I go away for a while, like we don't know when they're gonna happen. Um, so if that happens, just it happens. Hopefully they don't just do it after rolling. the start. But like, yeah, keep going with it. Keep going. Got it. Okay, so just we know when she's gone, screw it. We don't care. Uh, <laughs> um, so Jade, how has your week been with basketball? Who? Basketball's been good. The weather's been crazy. Um, we got dumped snow for like 24 hours straight. But like I'm listening to some of our colleagues in, in the States and, and for us, it's like, oh, we are getting winter this year. What do you know? It took till February for us to get real winter. But for a lot of the American people, especially Texas, where game has been canceled tonight due to weather, it's like... Oh yeah, there are parts in the world that just don't expect snow in February. <laughs> like it, it's affect. Let's just say what's going on in Texas is affecting my fiance there. But I gotta ask Jade for one thing. So my rap, my wolves played your Raptors. Yes. Was it was it a bad game by you guys, or did we actually play that well? You know what? I in watching that game and listening to um, kind of what the the games have been like for Minnesota. I mean, you guys have been in a lot of games that you've lost. Like and I mean that's pretty common for a young team. Your team is so young and playing with a lead is one of the hardest things for a young roster to learn. So I think overall Minnesota as a team talent wise is a lot better than their record and it's just not their turn yet. Okay, I'll take that because I honestly was leaning towards it was just a rough game for you guys, and I was like, it was just one of those times that the Wolves finally <laughs> was hot on it. It. it wasn't the Raptors' best game, but I didn't think they deserved to win it either. Gotcha. Uh, the officiating in that game was bad. Both both ways. sides, like both sides, terrible. Yeah, so um, it was messy. Do you know when the last time the Timberwolves beat? The Raptors at like at uh, at home or away, so home. at the Raptors, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 2004 no when Garnett wow. was still that was Kevin Garnett's MVP season, the last wow. significantly successful year that the Wolves had. So that's how long it was since we beat you Raptors at home. And even then, they even, commentators even said this is an asterisk win. They're in Tampa. It doesn't feel like <laughs> everything's uh, an asterisk. We just found out we're not going to play the second half of the season in Toronto either. So it's the whole season playing pro games, 72 games on the road. That That's is. Oh, well, Sorry. yeah. So this week's <laughs> episode, we're going to be diving into. Uh, some of the newest big name players that are on the trading block, Drummond and Blake Griffin, uh, two guys with different different points of their career. So we'll see how that works out. Um, we're going to talk about Giannis's shooting woes that still continue today. And regrettably, we have to go back to Brooklyn and we have to once ah. again talk about more Kyrie comments that involve J James Harden being the new point guard of that team. So, first things first. Who is more likely, Jade, to be traded first? Blake Griffin or Andre Drummond? It's got to be Andre Drummond. Andre? It's really? got to be Andre Drummond. Because who knows if Blake's ever going to be healthy again, if he's ever going to be productive again. There's other comments that I would like to make, but I know you're going to ask questions about it in a little bit, so I'm going to refrain. But, like, just in terms of where they are in their career and what they have to offer, it's not close. Drummond is the easy person to find a home for. Yeah. What about you, Shay? I want to I hear from both of you on this one. What, who's going to be traded first? Completely agree with Drummond. Drummond is 
easier to place. Blake has a huge contract that, ew, and he's not worth it. So who wants to pick that up if, if it was going to talk about like a trade? Um, I did see a rumor that Griffin could be in talks for OKC. Oh God, please no. Um, I don't want Blake Griffin on our team. I actually think our team is doing really great especially for a season where we were supposed to completely just like rebuild. So the our fact teams, that our teams are supposed to flip spots. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I thought the Timberwolves, like, honestly, I'm pretty sure that like win wise, I'm above both of your teams. So not rubbing that in or anything, but I am kind of rubbing that in. Um, but that means that we don't, Oh, Jay left Bye. but um, that's why I don't want Blake Griffin. We're doing great. Don't mess up our team. Um, so with, since Drummond's going to be more, most likely going, uh, what kind of haul could a team get for Drummond? This is still in prime, but he is a traditional style playing man, but can still do damage in a three point league. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I think like, what do you mean? Like, who would be involved in that Drummond trade? Yeah, or what could be what could a team get? So, um, would, uh, are we saying like, like another all star? Are we getting top picks, or what could a team get for it? Oh, I think more top picks. I mean, I don't like for Drummond. Like, hold on, I I didn't have my stats ready. I sorry, I just came from dinner at my grandparents, so after being stuck in the house for two days. Um, so ask, ask Jade since she yeah. so gracefully came back to our, our time together. Okay, so Jade, I'm going to ask you a separate question. <laughs> Which team should yeah, uh, apparently pursue Drummond? Because there's been rumors, your Raptors, there's Boston, Dallas, and for some reason now, every player is associated with the Nets. So those are four teams that have been linked to Drummond. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd be happy to have him on the Raptors. We've needed rebounding help for a while. Uh, I, I've In the past, I've had concerns about some maybe personality issues with Andre Drummond, but then I remember he's only ever played for the Cavs and the Pistons. He's never been part of a winning right. organization with a real culture. So... You know, moving to a place that has that, like Toronto, could be kind of a perfect fit for him to to find like a final kind of NBA home where he can play for a bunch of years. Um, he keeps getting traded because the teams that he's played for don't need him. They need to be rebuilding. So it would be nice to see him land somewhere where he can play and have some success and, you know, to play in a bunch of playoff games. So, Shay, have you found your numbers right now? So yeah, and I also don't think I realized how he is still pretty young. Like he hasn't even hit that like twenty eight mark because no, yeah, he's only I think twenty. Like, he, he's like twenty six, I think, right now. So like, yeah, so he like actually has time for kind of that last leg, like last leg, even before being like, uh, like an an older player. Like he he still has like a three or four year period before he has to become like the mentor you know what I mean like so he I think that built with a team like the Raptors um maybe even a team like um I'm trying to think um like I would have to to reevaluate but maybe even a team like the Mavs who are kind of lacking one place um it, he could also for for a team like the Nuggets which I know these teams aren't in the talks but it's like they need someone who's like a little bit a little bit older um, but has not quite got the opportunity to be on a winning team. So I could see him, you know, like him going to the Raptors because there's going to be some changes in the Raptors in the next year, um, most likely. Uh, so I could see that possibly being a place where he can he can be part of that rebuild, that, you know, or readjustment period. Um, but like I said, he could be a really nice uh, bench player for someone like the Mavs, Nuggets, teams that we're expecting to see go to uh, the playoffs for sure, if not the finals in the next year or two. Well, I just want to see him in a winning squad. I've always liked him. So, yeah. Um, so, 
Blake Griffin has one of probably arguably one of the worst contracts in the league right now, getting 38 and a half mil this year, 30 mil next year. Um, what's more likely Jade him being traded or him being waived? I think it's most likely he gets waived. Like it's not that he's making no production. He's still averaging 12 points. Uh, this season, he averaged 15 last season, but he doesn't seem to be able to get healthy enough long enough to get back to production that is worth the price tag on the contract that he signed. And yeah. I mean, it sucks. I've always really liked Blake Griffin. Uh, he's been he's always been so exciting to watch. He seems like such a cool, nice, down to earth guy, and he just can't seem to get a break. And just the way the numbers work out, I, I I can't imagine a team taking him on with what his history has been over the past few seasons at the price tag that he comes with. Do you think it's more of he's unhappy where he is and once he gets to a better spot, the production might go up? Jade, sorry. No, um, I guess there could be something to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm on a delay for some reason. I don't know what's going on. Um, I, I think being happy is always going to help someone's production, but I don't know that he's, I don't know. He's always kind of struck me as a guy that's going to find a way to do it, regardless of if he's super happy in his situation. Um, I think it just has more to do with, the way that his career has gone and he's just not able to be the player he was when he signed that contract for all that money, his body physically can't do it. And I think maybe he waited a little bit too long to adjust his game so that he could have a longer career. Okay. Uh, so Shay, I'm going to ask, is he going to be traded or waived first? I personally think he would be waived, except for, I know I mentioned the Oklahoma City thing. I think the only thing that I could see positively, which again, because he is from Oklahoma, he went to Oklahoma, is if he did go to OKC, which again, I'm like not feeling that, but best case scenario, because I don't think he's a bad guy and I don't want him to fail. I just, he seems a little bit uh, burnt out. And that's my biggest fear going on a team that I root for. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, if he was to return closer to home, that could be something that helps him mentally. Um, but I wonder if he has waived how that would be, if he would be picked up or if he would be traded to Oklahoma City. Um, that so would be my I, only thing. I don't thing, understand the wave. I, like, I don't basically right like that's what they do but like i don't Bye. like we want you so he, bad like why what was he doing two or three years ago when this contract was signed that was so different than what because like he he was already kind of having lower performances uh you know so i'm, I'm really confused how he even got this like 38.5 million dollar contract when he did, because that just seems like a lot for where his performance has been in the last That's five That's an easy answer. Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. Tell me. His agent? I mean, it's, it's, Detro it's Detroit. I mean, obviously uh, he's got a good agent too, yeah. but like also in fairness, if, if we're going to cover the last five years, 17-18, he averaged 22.6 for the Lakers and then 19.8 for the Pistons. That was the year uh, he was That's traded. And then in 2018-19, he averaged 24.5 points a game. And then, and, then, and then that's with all the other stuff, too. So, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, he is one of those stories that if he can find a way to pull a Derrick Rose or a Dwight Howard... Right and find a way to find the right spot and revive his career, it would make me really, really happy. Yes, he'd be a good story with that. Okay, so next thing we're going to be hitting up that uh, Jade really was looking for was Gian oh, I mean, Giannis with no J. That's what we're going to be talking about today with that. I'm going to take that one off. Um, so 
I'm going to, Jade, ask you this first question because it involves Coach Bud. What is more detrimental to his to the team, Giannis's shooting or Coach Bud? Jade? Right now, I think it might be Giannis's shooting. Oh! <laughs> Did you catch that after? Yeah. Sorry, I had a real reaction, though. So. <laughs> um, I if he's gonna be an MVP caliber player, and he's gonna be the guy with the ball in his hand at the end of games down the stretch, he has to be able to shoot free throws. Also, the last game that I watched that Giannis played, um, I can't remember who he they were playing against, but like anywhere further than like sixteen to twenty feet, they just left him open and let him shoot. You can't be the guy on a contending team that teams are saying like, yeah, you can have that all night long. You you can't. And as much as I've, I've been very clear that I don't think Coach Bud is a playoff coach, to me, Giannis's decline and steep decline in his shooting is a much bigger issue. Shay, so he's like in, I think, his seventh year in the league. Should he have learned a new shot by now or fix his shot? Or are we just witnessing the final product with it? No, we he definitely, I mean, it's one of those situations where the last thing I want is for us to see Giannis peaking. Like, you know, but, but coming off of a, a two consecutive MVPs, you should not be performing this low, this early in your career. I mean, like, take away even the MVPs, right? It's like, I don't understand how it's just like this bad. And it makes me question if these MVPs were as legitimate as they should have been, um, which again, it's like, that's maybe not fair as to, to Giannis as a player. But I also like, I don't understand it. How did you perform so well these two years? And then we're just seeing something so awful. I mean, there is going to be a certain amount of it that is in the coaching and in the fact that maybe because we've talked about before, Giannis is a nice guy who doesn't seem to have really wanted to, I don't know if he wanted to be there this season. So is that mentally affecting him in a way that maybe we haven't heard him talk about, but we're seeing evidence of it on the court because it's just odd. Like it's, uh, yeah. Odd it is. I'll take that in the final answer with Odd. that. Odd. Um, so I'm going to ask this one for both of you. Which <laughs> is more important for him to learn? The mid-range game, free throws, or three-point? Shay, I'm going to throw that to you first. I'm... Man, I should say this for the fast break. Jeez. Right? Sorry. <laughs> well, because for me... Yeah. <laughs> my... It's a great question. My immediate answer is to say free throws, just because, like, again, like, I just don't understand how you don't shoot good free throws, especially in today's NBA, where we talked about this last week, where, you know, we're we're in a time where you're down even 10 points, and there's two minutes left, you go ahead and start that, like, whole foul and shoot thing. So if you know that this guy who, again, has won two consecutive MVPs is horrible at free throw shooting, like, and he's the one that's most likely going to get the ball or he's one of the top people to get the ball, of course, that is, like, such a bad thing in today's NBA. But also, your mid, like, your mid-range should be top of the line. Like, I get three-pointers not being top of the line because, like, I really think three-pointers being a newer strategy for winning games and for being Steph Curry and all of that. I get it. Like, but you're like, how are you bad at midpoint three pointers and free throws? Like I, so my, I am going to go ahead and say free throws are the, the most important in today's game, because again, you can't be the number one person on the team in that, that end of the game. And they give you the ball, they foul you, you can't shoot free throws. That's how you're going to start losing games and a lot of games. It's going to start the hack a shack again. Yeah. Um, Jade, how about you? The three point, 
the mid range or them FTs? I have to. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with Shay. Um, when it comes to three pointers, you can always have other people on the floor to space the floor and cover that part. Like you can always add other guards and other people to shoot long range. And I don't think a mid-range game is necessarily critical in the NBA. Some guys are great at it, like uh, Devin Booker and a DeMar DeRozan. But a lot of guys don't really have a mid-range game that's a real weapon. But free throws, like there's just no good reason a guy shouldn't be able to shoot league average from free throws if you are in the tier of player that Intentacumpo is. You should be shooting league average. And if you're not shooting league average, you should be shooting 300 free throws a day until you figure it out. Because like Shay said, when you're a playoff team, you're playing close games, it's coming down the stretch, you're, you're one of two or three guys that are going to have the ball in your hands if you are on the bucks. And you can't sink two together in a one-point game or a two-point, like whatever it is, it, you, you have to be able to hit free throws. I think the other stuff, should be addressed as well but i think the free throws right now are the most critical yeah free throws got it just because also when you go coast to coast and you're going to get when you're going to get those and one dunks yeah um, jade until he learns to shoot is this the best that the bucks are going to be able to do Yeah, I, I think so. Um, being able to shoot is just such an X factor in the game. And so many other teams are bringing that ability and focusing on it and developing it. And I don't think you're going to be able to be that guy without it. Even LeBron James is getting better at shooting from range all these years into his career. Like, I don't think it's really a thing that you can completely right off as a skill set if you are going to be a top caliber NBA player. That's fair. I mean, he is, like I said, seventh or eighth year. So knowing his talent, he's still probably got another seven years of good play. So who knows? But as of now, I don't think they're going to be going far. Seven yeah. years? Seven. So, yeah. Got it. Okay. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. I just, think. when you said it, I was like seven. Seven. Oh, got it. I thought you were confirming me. Well, ignore me. I've had coffee at like with my dinner, so I'm like, Woo-hoo-hoo. coffee with the dinner. Huh. That is a daring kind of situation. <laughs> Playing with fire right there. I uh, yeah. Okay. Now we get to the beloved that we all love, the team that sings to us, the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie has gone on record saying that he would, <laughs> that James Harden is point now. There's the position trade-off. Jay, do you think, do you like the position trade-off with it all? So when I heard about this, it made my brain want to explode, but not for the reason you might think. Um, to me, this is the most publicly leadershipy thing Kyrie Irving's ever done. To be able to recognize that I played this position my entire career, but for the situation I'm in in this moment, it's better for someone else to play it. Not everybody has that kind of insight. Uh, a Carmelo Anthony, for instance, when he was in New York, when Jeremy Lin was playing really well, didn't have the kind of insight to say, you know what, let me adjust myself a little bit because the team will be better if I'm good, but also other people are playing to their best potential. And so it's just so confusing. And then I watched a Brooklyn Nets game last night and they looked looked good. And I mean, I knew they were going to be good. I just wasn't ready to talk about it yet because still gross that all those guys are on that team. Like, I'm never going to enjoy that fact. Um, but they, they, they're they playing well. And I think it says a lot of, you know, a lot of time we have these conversations of what is it about Kyrie Irving that we don't see when he talks to the media? Because there must be something that he's so well-liked 
by the players and he keeps ending up in these positions of leadership. Like what is the other thing that we don't get to see? And I think this is an example where we finally kind of got to see it. I've started to kind of think that the antics at the beginning of the season, he just needed a mental break from everything. So if this is what we're going to be seeing from, from for a while, uh, Shay, since Kyrie had played with LeBron for four years, so being a Robin, um, is Kyrie actually going to be kind of used to not having the ball in his hands necessarily? I think he could be okay with it. I mean, he's the one that brought it up, but still, like, are they going to be able to thrive with it? That's why I say I think because it's like he brought it up. And, I mean, we've talked about this before because what the biggest issue with Houston – no leadership. Uh, Kevin Durant, not a leader. Kyrie until like this exact moment, not a leader. So, you know, this could be a mental shift for the Nets. And I mean, they need it because you can't have a team like the Nets that's as stacked as it is, um, even like coming off the bench. And when when, when Dinwiddie eventually does come back, because I, I have a feeling he'll come back and be a really nice like attribution to this team. But you can't have a team like this and not have a leader. So someone had to kind of fill it. And James Harden, I have my doubts on ever being in a leadership position. Uh, Kevin Durant is too introverted, in my opinion. And so it really means that the only person that is in the position or has all the right characteristics to be a leader is Kyrie. Now, how much of that is he is speaking ahead of where he's at mentally? We'll see because, like you said, in theory, Kyrie should be all the things like, you know, he has pretty good ideals. Uh, he's a little bit fiery and I think he's learning how to to put that into use uh, on the court and off the court. But I don't know. He's still kind of a ball hog. So like giving that power over to Harden is a good start. But I think it's going to take some practice. And, and I mean, like Jade said, I've, I've watched – if I haven't watched any of their games, which I haven't been able to catch a full game, I have watched their highlights and, and some press conference clips uh, with specifically Kyrie. I've, I've seen a couple of them. And he's impressing me more and more. I still get worried that maybe he's speaking before it's actually enacted. But sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, right? So if – if that's where he's got to start, that's where he's got to start. I think there's going to still need to be some shifting, though, in that mentality. Okay. Well, Jade kind of already asked or answered this before about Kyrie and his leadership. Um, do you, th- Shay, do you think that this is um, showing leadership that Kyrie realizes the team's most effective team or the, the way that the team can play most effectively is having the ball in Harden's hand primarily. Is that showing a new leadership role for Kyrie? Definitely. And as much as I don't like Harden, I don't think it's a bad choice. Because, you know, again, like Harden is a little bit more outwardly fiery on the court. He makes really smooth decisions. And I think having the ball primarily in his hand and being able to make some of those plays and those switches off to your two shooters, like two other shooters, I should say, and Durant and Kyrie is really smart because most teams are not going to have the kind of support to effectively defend both of those guys. So while we know that, you know, James Harden can sometimes be a little bit weird with the whole like defense like being defended so i think it's actually a really good decision um and and i it's almost like he's the decoy if that makes sense and i think harden's a good decoy um to kind of like be able to distract i think all three of these guys are pretty much tricksters though so i think again like having any of those guys as the primary ball handler i could see it working because these guys have a specific fire that complements each other. And so they're they're tricky. They remind me of like, I don't know, like um, like those three bullies on like The Simpsons. Like that's kind of what I see them as. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're just constantly scheming and they're ready to win the game. Like 
So you can have any of those guys as the primary ball handlers, and I think it would work out well. But I do think that it's a, a good choice to have Harden primarily. And I think Kyrie making that announcement and publicly stating it is, is a really – it's a good move for him. Okay. Jade, is this going to solve kind of the team's woes that are going on with the – all the constant drama and the extra media around it. Is this going to help it settle down? I don't down? think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. You still have Harden, Kyrie, and Durant on the same team. There's always going to be potential for drama. Like, that's just... Yes. that. It's always... The potential is there. It's always going to be high. It, it, I think it's always going to be a moment from happening. Um, I think that this is going to this is going to help that drama, not that ability to win games and to be successful. I think that um, Kyrie stepping up and kind of making that call, putting himself as the leader is going to allow the drama to be separate from their play as a team, which was the thing that I questioned when they got together, how are they going to be able to separate those things? Because I don't think the drama ever goes away with any of those guys ever. Like we said at the beginning of the season with our podcast, it's the Brooklyn Divas. That's what yeah. it is. Okay. Uh, I'm going to. So there's two all stars there. There's one other superstar there. We got Kevin Durant, who's just kind of chilling there, doing who knows what. Jade, what do you think Kevin Durant is thinking with all this? Is he cool or is he like, hey guys, did you swing it over here? Can you know, talk? I think it's probably okay. Um, and as I was I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today, I think Kevin Durant's real problem was Steph Curry. I think Kevin Durant oh. just hated that Steph Curry was so beloved by the fan base. He'd been in Golden State forever. He's a, just an innately likable person. And because KD was the best person, the best player on that team, and he didn't get loved the same way, I think that's the thing that really irked him. I think now that he's playing with other superstars that are also not like the beloved superstars of the NBA, like they're not Steph Curry, they're not Luka Doncic, they're not LeBron James, they're great basketball players, but they're never going to be loved the way those guys do. I think that has calmed down whatever that was that was making him fight with 12 year olds and have burner accounts and all of that stuff. I, I think that living in Steph's shadow was the worst thing for him. And now that he's not there, he see like he seems to be fine. Things seem to be okay. I haven't heard anything from him. Nothing. Like when was the last time thing. that happened? Like he's just like like not even like burner tweets or anything like that. Nope. He's just chilling on the sideline. Well, and I mean, we have always said, and, and you say it the most, Taylor, that Katie says he just wants to hoop. That's all he wants to do. Just so wants to play. maybe now he's in a position where that's exactly what he can do. Yep. And I mean, maybe this has been an all like all the antics has just been a decoy for uh, Kyrie Irving to help uh, Kevin Durant quietly get the mesh in with everything. <laughs> you know, just really pulling at strings at that one. Uh, another thing that we are actually going to hit up that I forgot to mention earlier with Draymond's Green about comment about the accountability that play or the team should have, just like players have when they do trades. So, for example, a player asks for a trade publicly, they get fined. Teams can do a trade for a player mid-game, during the All-Star breaks, and even just not telling the players they were traded with no ramifications. Should Jade, should team be held more accountable just as much as players? Definitely. The problem is when you say just as much as players, sometimes that bar is already really low. <laughs> in terms of expectations and professionalism. And so, like, if there's going to be a bar, I think it needs to be higher across the board. It, it needs to be higher for players. It needs to be higher for teams. Like, a, a player shouldn't find out in an interview that he's been traded. A player shouldn't find out during a game that he's been traded. Like, 
I, I can't even like my brain refuses to accept it because I've been in professional roles for a lot of years in my life and I would never do that. I've been somebody that has been their job to fire people. <laughs> oh. So like right. there's a certain delicacy that has to go with that. And the fact that these MBA organizations are passing the buck to social media and to interviewers and to other players and like, no, guys, like get your crap together, man up, have a conversation with your player, tell them what's going on, thank them for their time and their effort and their work and move on. Like players understand for the most part, this is a business. And even though there's going to be feelings when you get traded from a place and it's unexpected or whatever it is, at the end of the day, most of the players realize everybody's expendable in the business. That's yeah. just how the NBA works. Danny Ainge shows that. Right. But like (laughs) have a little class with it. And that's across the board. That's for players and organizations. What? Class for everyone? That doesn't make sense, Jade. I know. What kind of world do you live? (laughs) You have that Canadian vibe of everyone's just nice. Welcome to the real world, girl. Um, (laughs) Shay, should... I'm going to ask the same question. Should teams be held accountable just as much as players? Definitely. I mean, okay, I've been fired a couple of times. Um, Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm fiery and sometimes bosses don't like that and that's fine. And I've learned that the hard way by getting fired. So um, when you get fired, usually you get a notice somehow, right? So if you're traded, if you're, you know, if you get a transfer at a regular job, they also let you know, you know? So it's like, why do these guys not get formal notices? And that's, I think of poor, like Kelly Oubre, like showing up to practice and then being like, dude, why are you here? Like, I think about that at least once a week where I'm like, (laughs) I was listening to him. He was saying he got the dirtiest looks from his ex-teammates at that point. That's so mean. Like, Like, that's horrible. No. In the age of cell phones where everybody's phone is within arm's reach all the time, you couldn't get to the guy before he showed up for practice? Like, you didn't get an official email that's like, hey, by the way, you've been traded. Like, I don't think an email is the best way, but it's better than social media. It's, it's better, better than, than nothing. Is that also on the agent, though? A little, maybe, but like, I mean, probably more on the team because that's the employer. Like, again, like, yeah, I was going to say that... more on the team, too, because it's the agent's job to keep the player happy. It's not right. going to be the agent dropping the ball there if he's a good agent. Well, then maybe they should also send the email to the agent, like CC the agent. So that Why not? Like, <laughs> Your client's going to be in a different state, by the way. And that way the agent could be like, hey, did you see this? And then poor Kelly Oubre could have been like, no, thank you for letting me know before I go to practice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on. like. <laughs> it's probably especially frustrating because as a rookie through your first contract, up until you reach unrestricted free agency you have so little control over where you play exactly like that's one of the things i think about a lot because parker wrote an article a while back about how they need to overhaul it teams should go and recruit players from college from wherever they should the draft to get rid of the draft make teams recruit players on the merit of their organization and let players have autonomy over where they play once they've signed a contract, whatever contract they agree to sets those parameters, but they should be able to pick where they sign their first contract. Yeah, I like that. Ooh, hot take by Jade. We should just get rid of the draft and everyone just. Curtis, goes... Courtesy of Parker. I can't take oh, courtesy of Parker. Parker. Yeah, Parker is throwing idea. out some hot takes out there. I feel the sizzle right there. It's like the fajita mix when you get it, chilies. <laughs> <laughs> Now I want uh, fajitas. I haven't had dinner yet. And I'm just... Neither have I, and I'm really <laughs> looking forward to some food. Um, should oh, we just have like this be like a food podcast, too? Um, yeah. <laughs> let me talk about Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay. Um, but so Harden demands a trade. He gets it. 
Dwayne Dedman at this point last year, he asked for a trade from the Kings to a contending team, and he was fined 50K. Jade, you shaking your head like you sniffed something bad. Is there a double standard with the players, though? Of course, of course there's a double standard. And it's so unfair because the standard is based on how good you are as a player, what you're going to get away with and what you're not. But if a player is in a, a situation that's not good for them, it was just as bad for Deadman as it was for Harden, for him personally, if he felt the need to request a trade. But because he's not James Harden, he doesn't have the God-given talent James Harden has. He doesn't have the maybe the attitude, whatever it is, because he is not that guy, no one's going to take him seriously. That's not fair. So, like, it, it should not be based. They're all employees, right? Everybody yes. that plays on a roster is an employee of that team, period. Everybody should be treated the same. Really? No. That's not how the world works. I know. I know there's all kinds of NBA fans going, well, star players get what they want. I don't care that they do. I'm saying they shouldn't. And you, there's no way you can convince me otherwise. Okay, guys, on Twitter, try to convince Jade. <laughs> First person that gets it gets a jersey. Don't quote me on that. Um, but, <laughs> Shay, is there a double standards with the players as well? Yeah. I mean, come on. Again, like, think about, like, I poor Kelly Oubre, right? If it had been any other player, not a rookie player on that team, did they get a notice? Like, is it more attention-wise? Like, because – that doesn't happen all the time where someone shows up to the practice where they were already traded off the team. So like even that and the idea of making it known to a rookie, like, yeah, they're a rookie. I get it. But they also deserve to know that they're not on that team anymore. Like, dude, you don't work here anymore. Go to where you work. Like, so I just the the whole double standard is is the same conversation I feel like we we had whenever it was Harden kind of doing his uh, strip club whatever and Adam Silver being like oh well it's Christmas well yeah but like <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if it's Christmas like I you know if it had been another Christmas. player yeah that's how I Adam Silver being like happy holidays and then like letting him do whatever he wants like. That's not cool. And not every player would have gotten away with that. I know that for a fact that not every player would have gotten away with that. So I just, the double standard thing is is something that I think we've seen for a long time in the league, but it's getting really bad with this current class of NBA players. Ooh. So we got the current class just being a little bit picky and a little bit chatty. Yeah. <laughs> so... I think we did a pretty good job at figuring out some options for both Drummond and Griffin and their respected franchises that they have in front of them. Uh, the reigning MVP, Giannis, is needing desperately to work on the scoring abilities. Um, once again, I guess the general craziness that is the Brooklyn Nets and the surrounding squad. And just hitting up the topic of Draymond's thoughts about players and uh, coaches being held accountable for stuff equally. Um, before we hit up the fast break today, uh, fast break is going to be presented by NBA Store. A new year brings the start of a new NBA season. Suit up with the latest gear to watch to show your support, your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch. In style. We are teaming up with the NBA and PodGo to bring your listeners up to 75% off on select items. Yes, you heard that right. 75% off. Go to podgo.co slash NBA for 75% off select NBA items at the NBA store. That's podgo.co slash NBA. The NBA, where amazing happens. I was going to put Kanye's amazing there. It's amazing. But I don't know if that was going to be copyright stuff. So, yeah. I was really going to have it. Be like, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> the NBA used a commercial for it. 
with that song. It was real great. It was right before the playoffs. I loved it. Okay, so fast break, the time where I come up with three questions that Jade and Shay have absolute zero knowledge of, and I will hear their quick take on it. So, Jade, start off with you. We're going to do some quick big threes. They involve Kevin Durant. Which big do. three is better? Ke Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson, or Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving? They're both. Oh. Yeah, he's got two MVPs, and then he's got a killer sidekick. Oh, that's hard. It's but the reason it's hardest is that at least in the in the case of Steph and Clay, we have hindsight. We don't really know what right. might happen with Kyrie and Harden. Uh, yeah, with Kyrie and James Harden and Katie yet. So picture you're doing a pickup game, and you have to pick one of these teams. Uh, well. That makes it not even a question. Then obviously, I want to play with Steph and Clay. <laughs> well, then, okay, fine. Which is better? We'll go with which big three. We'll stick with that. I think Steph and Clay are better because, as good as Kyrie and Harden are, Steph and Clay's ability to get hot from range is unparalleled. Nobody else has ever been able to do it. No two guys on the same team have ever been able to do it together that way. Not fair. So it's like, it's just not fair. It's like, it's a cheat code to play with those two guys together. So I, to, I got to take Steph and Clay. I can't even create players on 2K that can shoot that way. That's how <laughs> it's, ridiculous it is. It's that frustrating. Insane. Yeah. It's that frustrating. Uh, Shay, same going to you. B better big three. Kevin Durant, uh, Clay, and Steph. Kevin Durant, Harden, and Irving. I'm going to go ahead and say the, the Brooklyn squad. We we going against each other this week. Wow. We're going yeah. against each other. <laughs> and I Finally, we actually have like a debate. Debate it out. No, I, I really think this has a lot of potential, and um, it's scary that I'm admitting this because again I don't want Harden to succeed at life sad like don't judge me James Harden don't sue me for slander but I don't um but I I really think the three guys together like they're 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 kind of the three misfits of like attitudes of the NBA uh they go well together I really think that their energies are going to play off really well and really I mean Durant did well at Golden State but he wasn't necessary there so <laughs> that's why he did so well. He wasn't necessary. He, he could just do so whatever he wanted. It was just like we won. Um, this is why I think he'll be happier and perform better in Brooklyn. Okay, this is a guess the player kind of thing. Which Hall of Fame big guy played against both Magic Johnson and Nikola Jokic? Shay. Big guy. I'll give you. I'll give you a second to think about it. I have a guess. Um, I'm just gonna say Dirk. Dirk. Okay. <laughs> I'm Jade. gonna. I'm gonna say Dwight Howard. Oh, that's good. Magic Johnson and Jokic played against both. Think about when Magic played. I'm terrible with dates, dude. Okay, Magic played. <laughs> Magic, Magic played Three? into the nineties. Dwight Howard got drafted in oh five. Five, yeah. Damn it. When did Jokic get drafted? How long has Jokic been playing? Jokic now? got drafted in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Okay. I don't so, know. So, so, We're so this about is a center. Magic a center? Johnson in ninety five and Jokic passed this. So last few years so he's a hall of fame big guy i have no idea kevin garnett oh! he got drafted in 95 and then he retired in 2015 he is part of the 2020 hall of fame class you know what i feel dumb for not figuring this out not because of basketball stuff but because it was taylor's question so it should have right. been obvious that it was right. kevin garnett you want to know where i found it though it wasn't on any form of timberwolf site it was the who am i nba on instagram that's where it was oh, nice. like, 
I was like, I didn't see. So yeah, credit for that one there well, to uh, who it, who am I NBA? I like that spot on. I'm following Instagram. Them now. Yeah, they really question. They really make you think about your fandom with it all. Um, okay, so there have been some new great duo nicknames. So I'm gonna lay them all out. So we got Lebrow, so Anthony Davis, <laughs> and, and then we have um, 7-Eleven, Kyrie, and yeah. Kevin Durant. And then we have Airbnb with uh, Lamelo and uh, uh, Michael Bridges, and then Sexland with Sexton and Garland. So, Jade, which one do you like oh, more? Man. I honestly like them all. I, I I do enjoy them all. Like they all make me smile. Um, but I think the most clever one might be Airbnb. Shay, what about you? I really like the 7-Eleven only because, um, yeah, I like the 7-Eleven. I don't know. I just think it's cute. I was going to say, is there a 7-Eleven by your place in Brooklyn too? Um, I think there is actually. Is there a 7-Eleven even in Brooklyn? Because I know Minnesota doesn't have 7-Elevens. I think there is a 7-Eleven somewhat near me only because I think I've seen them on the delivery.com. I love that I'm not left out of this conversation by being Canadian because I have a 7-Eleven down the street. That's so cool. 7-Eleven. Here we go. That's where we bought. 7-Eleven, where is that sponsor we just plugged you? I think we just got $10,000 worth of free advertisement right there. Um, I like Airbnb, too. That's real clever. Yeah, I like that. I mean, all of them are really good. No, yeah, all like you guys are right. All of them are great. I'm being sexland. I mean, if we're doing 14 year old Taylor, you'd be like, (laughs) 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 but I didn't even hear about that nickname. So that was that duo. So, well, that was fun. So today's been great. We had limited Wi Fi issues, so that's been okay. Regrettably, no Kanye jam that I was really hoping to fit in there, but it didn't work out. Um, still fantastic stuff. It's always good. Um, before we sign off today, do not forget to follow us um, on Facebook at Hardcourt Honeys, Twitter at HC Honeys, Instagram at Hardcourt Honeys. Also, of course, you can find us and plus a bunch of other great podcasts and content at bellyupsports.com. Once again, got the Battle of the Sexes during the All-Star break live on our Thursday stream on the Thursday night before the weekend festivities. Sorry, I'm just blanking out with things. Um, also, uh, last mention, our uh, Hardcore Honey sister podcast, Slapshot Sweethearts with Shannon and Meg are still going. So don't forget to check them out and support them. So... Just like Griffin and Drummond, we out. Bye.